number 15 this morning, and uh, I really want to tell you I'll not be very long. I don't intend to be, but it seems like when I tell you that, uh, I end up preaching two hours. So what I'm going to tell you is I'll probably be about two hours, okay? So uh, maybe it'll work the other way around. But I just, uh, I, I've preached this a few times over the years, uh, several times to be honest with you, but never quite like I'm going to this morning. Just seemed like the Lord reminded me of this text and scripture, and uh, I just want you to be hip to us. We'll give you what the Lord's got on my heart today. All right? 2 Samuel chapter number 15, and we'll begin reading in verse number 30. A little bit different. Before we start reading, uh, let me talk to you just a minute, all right? Find your place in 2 Samuel 15. I want to catch us up before I read my text, okay? Uh, in order to understand 2 Samuel 15, verse number 30, we got to go back really to 2 Samuel chapter, well, really 2 Samuel chapter number 11, uh, where David sins with Bathsheba. You're familiar with that story. If not, I, I, I'll give you just the highlights. Uh, the Bible says it's time when kings should go forth to battle. David's in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing. Uh, when he should have been in battle, David stayed in Jerusalem, went up onto the rooftop one night and uh, saw a woman bathing. And he uh, lusted after his flesh and called unto her and uh, lay with him. I said she can see. Then in order to cover that up, he found out she was a wife of Uriah. Wife of Uriah. Uh, so David commits adultery with Bathsheba. Then he ends up committing murder. Sends Uriah into the hottest battle and has him killed to cover up his sin. Of course, we realize that God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Chapter 12, we find a man by the name of Nathan, the prophet. He comes to David, tells him a story about a man with a ewe lamp and Ask him what should be done. David uh, tells him in verse number 7 of chapter 12, that Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I know the king of Israel, delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, gave thee thy master's house, thy master's wives, and thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would have more over and given thee such and such things. Uh, verse number 9, Wherefore thou despised the command of the Lord to do evil in his sight, that has killed your eye, hit out the sword, and has taken his wife to be thy wife, and has slain him with the sword, and the children of Ammon. Now therefore, notice verse 10, Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised men, and has taken the wife of your eye, the Hittite, to be thy wife. Verse 11, The said, Lord, behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house. I will take thy wives before thine eyes, give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of his son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. Now we see in the remaining part of chapter 12, David repents. Uh, the, wife, the, the child between him and Bathsheba dies in verse 18 and 19. Uh, verse 23, 23, David worships the Lord. Uh, let's see. Verse number... Uh, 24, Solomon's born, death of the main of the chapter. Then verse 13, we find, we start seeing the fulfillment of this. Uh, God tells him the sword will never depart from his house. He'll raise up this, this trouble within his house. Uh, immediately following that, the child dies and he had his adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. Then in chapter 13, John, we see one of David's sons by the name of Amnon. Amnon's an interesting character. Uh, I, I really, Nancy, I don't want to be graphic when I say this, but I, it's just what happened. I don't know any other way to say it. 
Uh, we find chapter 13, which said that he falls, uh, he falls sick for his half-sister Tabar. Uh, we find in chapter 13 that David's son, Amnon, uh, rapes, so I how to say it, he rapes his half-sister Tamar, tricks her, forces her to lay with him. Uh, then we find a uh, turmoil between Absalom, another son of David, and Amnon, we find that. Now there's this warfare, this strife going on uh, within the house of David. We see that as we go through the chapter. We see the punishment for David's sin. Can I say this? Sin will always cost you more than you want to pay. Isn't that right? Yeah. It'll always take you farther than you want to go. Cost you more than you want to pay and keep you longer than you want to stay. Isn't that right? Yeah. Uh, so we see that he forces uh, Tamar. Absalom begins to plot against him. Uh, let's see, this chapter 14, we see some things playing out with Absalom. Chapter 15, uh, Absalom wins the heart of the people. He's, uh, in fact, he kills Abnon, uh, kills his own brother, half-brother. Now chapter 15, uh, he's not happy with just that, but now he's decided he's going to take over the throne. And uh, you can read down through chapter 15 and see the account, how the Bible said he went to the gate, People would come in, Nancy, what, oh, I, let me mention this quickly. You see this a lot in, in churches. I'll just be honest with you. Set the gate, people would come in, and Rob, the Bible said that he'd go to them and he'd say, uh, uh, how are you? I'm paraphrasing. How are you? What, 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 what tribe do you belong to? What, what are you coming for today? And what happened is, uh, say it was, I was Absalom and Elaine was the one coming in. She'd tell me her problems. What Absalom would say is this, you're right. That is a problem. That something needs to be done about this. The problem is, though, David has nobody appointed to hear your case. What he was saying was, David doesn't care about you, but I do. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. And the Bible said, let's read it together. Watch this. Uh, let, me, let me find it quickly. Uh, let me see. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's just read verse number one. Came to pass after this, Aslam prepared him chariots and horses and fifty men to run before him. Aslam rose up early, stood forth the way of the gate, and was sold that when he man that had he had controversy came to the king for judgment. Then Absalom called him and said, Of what city art thou? And he said, Thy servant is one of the tribes of Israel. Absalom said to him, See, thy matters are good and right, but there is no man to fear to the king to hear thee. Absalom said, Moreover, all that I will make judgment late, that every man which hath any suit or cause might come to me, and I will do him justice. Boy, don't that sound for me. He said, yeah. David doesn't care about you, but if I was appointed king, if I was the judge, I could do it better than David could. Yeah. Watch this. And it was so that he came nigh to him to do him obeisance before his hand took him and kissed him. And on this man, verse 6, did Absalom to all Israel that came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Absalom begins to steal the hearts of the men, that begins to turn them against David. Verse number 13, the Bible said, There came a messenger to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel are after Absalom. David said to his servants that were with him at Jerusalem, Arise, let us flee, for we shall not escape from Absalom. Make speed to depart, lest he overtake us suddenly, bring evil upon us, and smite the city with the edge of the sword. Now we'll, we'll read on forth that David and his men that are faithful to him flee. Now here David is, the king of all Israel. Uh, but let's think about what all's taking place. David's the king of all Israel. He's had a child die that was from a uh, adulterous relationship. He's had uh, one of his one of his sons uh, have an indecent relationship with one of his daughters. 
He's had one of his sons kill one of his sons. Now, Chris, he finds that one of the, that Aslan's son, Absalom, has turned the hearts of the people and now he's coming to overtake the throne and to kill David. I'd say David's in pretty bad shape. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Now the king, Papa, I mean the head of all Israel, now is on the run. Is that right? Yeah. All right, stand to your feet. Look, let me go with verse 30. Said all that to say this. We'll catch up a little bit where we're at. Look with me, chapter 15, verse number 30. Read one verse and we'll be seated. That's when David went up by the ascent of Mount Olivet and wept as he went up. Who can blame? Had his head covered and it went barefoot and all the people that were with him covered every man his head and they went up weeping as they went up. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, I should love you this morning. Lord, I pray you'd help us. We study your word together. Lord, I pray you give us insight, give us wisdom. Lord, I pray you speak to hearts. Lord, I don't know the needs. I don't know the hearts this morning, but Lord, I'm glad that you do. Lord, if there'd be one discouraged, would you encourage their heart this morning? Lord, if there'd be one walking for this away, would you draw them close to you once again? Then, Lord, I pray most of all, if there'd be one in the midst this morning lost on them without you, Lord, I pray they fall under Holy Ghost conviction, realize their need of a Savior, and call on you this morning for it be everlasting too late. Lord, we'll thank you. We'll praise you for all that you've done, all that you're going to do. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name and for his sake. Amen and amen. You'll be seated. And thank you for standing with me. Now, I, I really still have not got to where I want to preach just quite yet. Uh, but I want to catch us up a little bit uh, about the life of David. Now, uh, we see in David's life a lot of good things. We see a lot of triumphs and a lot of victories. Uh, but we also see some foolish things and some failures. Uh, we see a lot of wisdom in David's life, but uh, we also see some foolish things. And uh, I'll say this, uh, said in the life of David, one thing all through David's life, he had a problem uh, when it came to win. And we find that magnified uh, when it comes to his son Solomon. Isn't that right? Uh, he had a problem to control his flesh. And uh, I kept thinking about that this week. And, I thought, my soul, isn't that how you and I are? Paul said that which he wouldn't do, he does not. That which he would not do, John, that's what he does. Uh, seems we all have a problem controlling our flesh and keeping things where it ought to be. It is a badly warfare, if you would, if you're here tonight this morning. Uh, say there is a warfare between the spirit and the flesh that's yeah. constantly raging. Isn't that right? Uh, we see that in the life of David. Now, I, 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 I really want to leave you. I really want to get chapter 16 preached. I really want to get to it. I, I want to preach the Lord help me on this soul uh, just past the top of the hill. we we'll in a minute. Uh, but I've always preached it. I've never preached it. I've preached it uh, to the saints. I, I want to say something about that quickly. Uh, there is an application that can be made to the child of God. I may mention a little bit of it as we go through, but uh, that's really not where my heart is this morning. Uh, uh, but I'm really interested. I, I have to think about what brought David to chapter 16. Chapter 15, verse 30, we find him fleeing from Jerusalem. He's fleeing from the presence of Absalom. He's on the run. The uh, Bible said, no, he's going up the Mount of Olives. Uh, here he is, the king of Israel. He's had some good things. Uh, uh, but now he's at the lowest point of his life. He's barefooted. Uh, his head's covered. He's weeping. Uh, I mean, he's heartbroken. Uh, He's in fear for his life. Uh, you know as good as I do, nothing will hurt you like family will. Uh, 
It's not the Philistines that are after David. Uh, it's his own son that's after his yeah. life. Uh, he's heartbroken. He's barefooted. Uh, he's weeping as he goes out. Uh, the king of Israel, by the way, uh, he ought not be walking barefooted up the mountain. Uh, yeah. He ought not be weeping as he goes out. Uh, he belongs in the palace, but yet he's going up the mountain weeping. Uh, barefooted, his head covered. Uh, he's mourning and heartbroken. Uh, He's at the lowest point of his life. And what brought him there, uh, quite simply, was his sin. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. It was his sin. And all the way back in 2 Samuel, chapter 11, when he laid with Hashima, uh, that sin. See, I told you, we're going to always uh, cost you more than one pay, keep you longer than one stay. Uh, uh, it'll always take a father when you want to go. Uh, uh, David's sin with Bathsheba has finally brought us to the place in chapter 15, uh, verse 30, that he's heartbroken, uh, his family's torn apart, uh, his kingdom's been taken away, uh, everything's torn pieces, uh, he's at the lowest point of his life going up this mountain. Yeah. I got to think about that. I thought to myself, uh, uh, the Bible said the wages of sin is dead. We realize that uh, that's the effect of sin, that it brings forth it, that there are effects to sin. I, one old preacher preached one night, and I, I got to hear it in person. I, man, honestly, I don't even know John what his name was, but it changed my life. I, uh, as a teenager, we went and heard him, and uh, he talked, he preached a message. I don't remember the title of it, but he talked about uh, the front yard of sin and the backyard of sin. I'll never forget that. He talked about how when you come to sin, uh, if you were to visit sin, if you were to come to see sin, the front yard uh, uh, looks beautiful and fantastic. And he talked about Michelle, how is this beautiful house? And the grass was just perfectly, uh, perfectly mown. And uh, the yard was beautiful. And the trimming was, everything was perfect. And it looked so good and so pleasant. And, in the front yard of sin. He said, but uh, Earl, something takes place between the front yard of sin and that. As you enter into the house, you go to the backyard. Uh, uh, he said, the backyard, the grass is dead. Uh, and it's full of tombstones and buzzards fly over the air. Uh, and it's full of death and destruction. Uh, yeah. Is that not how sin is? Uh, uh, it paints a pretty picture. It looks good. Uh, uh, the Bible said there's pleasure in sin for a season. Uh, uh, the Bible said David saw Bathsheba and she was beautiful to look on and he desired her. And he called and brought her to himself and lay with her. But now in chapter 15, uh, I said we had David, he said the backyard. Uh, uh, does not look as good as the front yard did. Uh, uh, the pride of cost was not as good. That's uh, coming in to see him by Sheba. It may have looked good. It may have been pleasant. Uh, it may have been desired. Uh, uh, but now we see the destruction of sin. His home is falling apart. His kingdom is falling apart. Here he is, King of Israel. Now we find that not only is he not in the palace, but uh, his kingdom's been taken over by Absalom. Uh, everything's falling apart. He's weeping as he goes out. Yeah. Sad days. I got to think about it, isn't that what? Well, let me say this. You know what I found, though? I found, Earl, that God specializes when a man gets to his absolute lowest point. That's when things are just about to be. Is that all right? Yeah. When it gets as low as it can possibly be. Now I realize this morning there's several things we could talk about. David as a picture of Christ. Let me read you chapter 16 before I get too far ahead of myself. Chapter 16, verse 1, I said, when David, 
verse chapter 15, verse 30, he's going up to the Mount, up the Mount of Olives. Chapter 16, we'll not read through all the conversations in chapter 15, but chapter 16, the Bible says when David was a little past the top of the hill. That tells me that between verse 30 of chapter 15 and verse 1 of chapter 16, David has traversed up the Mount of Olives at, at Ronald. He's just a little past yeah. the top of the hill. He's topped the mountain and started down the other side. And can I say this morning, what a drastic change we see just a little past the top of the hill. Now, I've always, those many I've always preached this toward the Christian. We're going to find some things that David found just a little past the top of the hill. We'll get there in a minute. But I'm going to say this. I've always preached it to the Christian. Maybe going through a trouble. Maybe going through a trial. And that is an application. So if you're, if you're here this morning, you're saved, you know you're saved. Uh, you say, preacher, I'm in the lowest point of my life. Just hang on and I'm going to let you make application yourself, okay? Uh, David, man after God's own heart. He's a picture, while he is sin, we understand he's flesh, he sins, uh, uh, but all through scripture, David is a great picture and type of Christ. And we could say, we could say, we want to do that picture of Christ that humbled himself and came to the earth that was broken and smitten and uh, beaten for our iniquities and what he found just a little past the top of it. We could look at that, maybe that one day. But what I'm interested in is David as a picture of the sinner. His sin, chapter 11, is what brought him here. He's at the lowest point of his life. He starts up the Mount of Olives, he's barefoot, his head's covered, he's weeping, he's mourning, he's on, in the run, on the run from his life for his life. Chapter 16, verse 1, the Bible said, when David was a little past the top of the hill. I want to show you a few things this morning that have centered to that hill picture of Calvary. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Here's a senator lowest point. But when they, there's a song out, for the new song, uh, but uh, there's not many that really like the new song, but I like this one. Uh, I like that song, Kenny. I've been to Calvary. I like that song. Mm -hmm. I got thinking about that this week, and I thought a picture of David as a sinner. His sin is what brought him here. He's weeping, he's barefoot, he's heartbroken, everything's falling apart. And just a little past the top of the hill, things look very different. Yeah. And I got to think about Michelle how different my life looks a little past Calvary yeah. than it did before Calvary. Right. Here David is, the king of Israel, chapter 15, verse 30. He's barefoot. Can you imagine that? The king of all Israel, barefoot. Barefoot. Can you imagine that? I mean, walking in a desert, climbing, climbing up a mountain. Uh, and here he is, the king of Israel, barefoot. Yeah. They're right. Can you imagine the pain and the struggle that David has just walking barefoot? Can you imagine, here he is, the king of Israel, the king, supposed to be holding the kingdom together, not only is it gone and falling to pieces, but his family's falling to pieces. Yeah, don't fall out and say, I'm trying to be careful. But could you imagine being the king of Israel, the anointing of God to rule over Israel, and one of your sons has had an indecent relationship with one of your daughters? Can you imagine that? Get quiet. That's where David's at. Oh my! Oh, I, I feel a little bogged down right there. Can I say this? It amazes me 
how many phone calls and visits I get, Ronald, of moms and daddies that are weeping and wailing and crying. And they say, why in the world has my child done what they've done? And Michelle, I don't mean to be ugly, but I think to myself, you taught them that way. Oh, you get quite enjoyed. I prove that to you. David, to every woman or girl that David ever wanted, he took for a wife or a concubine. Mm -hmm. All right? It finally come past chapter 11. David took Bathsheba, another man's wife. Yeah. It's not a very far stretch for any one of the time you want to It's getting off of what I know it is. And I'm just telling you, it's his sin that's brought him to the place where he is. It's his sin that's destroyed his family. It's his sin that's destroyed his country. It's his sin that's destroyed his life. Chapter 16, he gets to the top of the hill. And evidently, verse number one, the Bible said when David came a little past the top of the hill, that tells me he's been to the top and started down the other side. Is that right? So if the top of the hill, no, is a picture of Calvary, that tells me he's been to Calvary and he's just a little past it. Are we on the same page? Yeah. All right. Let's look at three things we'll find just a little past the top of the hill. Notice verse, chapter 15, verse 30, real quick. Notice one more time. David went up by the center of Mount and he wept as he went up. And his head covered and he went barefoot. All the people that was with him covered every man's head. And they went up weeping. As they went up, David wept as he went up, shows his sorrow, had his head covered, shows his shame, went barefoot, oh my, shows his, shows, shows his sufferings, all right? Yeah. Watch this. Had, went barefoot, all the people that were with him covered every man in his head, showed his surroundings. What does David have in this shape? Everybody with him was like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right? Oh my, Kenny's told me this morning about being in the house of God. I think that's one thing that, that, that sinners really do not understand. I don't believe any of us do. So many times I've heard people say, preacher, I don't want to go to that church and they'll judge me or they'll think this about me. And I realize that happens sometimes. I'm not being naive about it. I realize there are people that, in my opinion, or not right with God that may judge the sinner that comes in. But you know what I really didn't realize when I got saved? I did not realize the support and the companionship that I'd find in fellow believers. Yeah. I really didn't see that. All I'd ever known was fellowship with the world. That's how we see David. Everybody that went, all that went with him were weeping. They were as bad a shape as he was. There I What's this? Better heard. All right, that's his condition going up. Let's see what he found. Let's look past the top of the hill. Chapter 16, verse 1. Now, I'll be done in just a few minutes. Chapter 16, verse 1. When David's little past the top of the hill, behold, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, met him with a couple of asses saddled and upon them 200 loaves of bread, 100 bunches of raisins, 100 summer fruits, and a bottle of wine. And the king said to Ziba, What me 